Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. Today's message is entitled Crossing Over. And I, I was praying, asking God, Lord, what do you want me to preach on this Sunday? Because it's been, it's a, can, can we all agree that it's been kind of a weird time in these, this whole season? I know that I keep saying it when I preach. But can we, can we, can we, can you agree with me that it's been kind of a weird time? Like, I looked around, we had our prayer, thank you, we had our prayer meeting, our, our prayer time today about 10.30, 10.35. You want to be a part of that, come on Sundays early and pray with us. It's not long, it's just we get, we establish the presence, we want to make sure we're setting on the right foot. And I'm looking around, my kids have masks, the workers have masks, we all have masks, and now everybody, and I'm thinking, man, this is so, this is so strange, it just, it just looks strange, and and, and it's been a weird season, and so I know for us as a church, we've been navigating and really trying to figure out how, how to move, and I was just praying, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? What is it that you want to say? Um, because we're not in any type of series right now. We're not, I don't have anything like, okay, this week I'm preaching this, and next week I'm, every week I'm telling you, every week I get down on my knees and say, God, what do you want to say? I don't want it to be something that I can create or come up with on my own. But God, what do you want me to say? He said, okay, I want you to preach out of the book of Joshua chapter 1. I was like, okay, I have a message on Joshua chapter 1 already. Do you want me to preach that same one again? Because I don't mind doing that. It's a little bit easier. He said, no, 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 I got something new to say, you know, and I want you to preach this. And so I studied the word, and, and the title of the message is Crossing Over. Somebody say, I'm crossing over. Crossing over. Can, can you say it one more time? I'm crossing over. There's not a lot of people in here, but we can get a little bit louder. Say, I'm crossing over. over. All right. Listen, right now is not the time to rest. Right now, the season we're in is not the time to sit back and say, okay, well, God, I'm just going to wait until you want me to do something. I'm going to wait until you change something. I'm going to wait until you change the nation, the city, until these things change. And once those things change, God, then I'm ready. No, no, no. Right now was a time to cross over into what God has for us. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, it says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and the great and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. How encouraging is that? I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was this encouragement to Joshua. Listen, I got, I've got these things for you guys. I've, I've prepared them. I promised them. Moses is now dead. And think about this. Israel had just lost their leader. 
Moses has died. Joshua had just lost his mentor. And when we lose something, we talked a little bit about this last week, and, and I talked about last week not giving up, but sometimes it's okay to move forward. So now Joshua lost, loses his mentor. The Israelites lose their leader. And instead of God saying, okay, you just went through something real tough, or there was a, this, uh, this uh, really cha uh, chaotic and a really chaotic season of crisis and trouble and loss, instead of God saying, I want you to wait here, rest a little bit, build yourself up, and then move, he says, no, now that Moses has died, you've got to move forward. Now that you've lost something, you can't stay still. I, I, just because it's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't. Just because it's not easy doesn't mean you shouldn't move forward. He was telling them it's time to cross the Jordan. Now the Jordan was just one step of many steps to get into the promised land. But to get to the promise, you've got to go through some things. There's some things that we have to go, go through. Don't let this season stop you from moving forward. Don't let this season of confusion and, and, and frustration and anxiety and worry, don't let this season stop you from moving forward. Now is not the time to rest. It's time to move. Say, I'm crossing over. It's the thing about fear. Think about it. He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear, Joshua, don't let fear stop you. Fear can't be a factor in the decisions that you're making to move forward in the things of God. Don't let fear stop you. What does fear do? Fear, fear paralyzes you. You ever wake up in the middle of the night and it's scary? What do you do? I don't want to move, right? I'm just going to stay still. Maybe they won't see me. Or, or Mike, when I, I, I do this, it's probably very immature, but I do this in my house and my family. I like to scare, I like to scare my wife. I like to scare my kids. I like to wait. And when they come out of the room, I like to just pop out and scare them. I know I shouldn't do that. It's, I'm probably getting too old for that now, but it's funny, okay? <laughs> so I, when I do it to my kids, the, what they, the first thing they do is they go, ah, like this. They freeze. Same thing to my wife. She freezes, and it's really funny. But fear will paralyze you. Fear will, fear will put you in a place where it's like, ah, oh, I, I can't move forward. I can't, I can't move. i got to stay still. For, for, for whatever reason, fear makes it logical in our heads that we've got to stay where we are. And so the Lord was telling Joshua, don't let fear stop you from crossing over because I'm with you. Just because God is with you doesn't mean you're not going to have that feeling of fear. But he's saying even in that feeling of fear and worry and anxiety and wondering what it's going to look like across the Jordan. He's saying even in that, you cannot let fear paralyze you from moving to where God wants you to go. We see this earlier in the book of Numbers. Where, where Moses is finally able to, the promised land is right there. And he sends Joshua and Caleb and the spies. And what happens? They come back to the children of Israel. They say, we can't go because we, we can't fight the giants. So what was he saying? They were afraid. And so what happens is fear caused them to miss the promised land. And so the Lord is telling Joshua, don't let fear stop you. I'm with you. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let fear stop me from where God wants me to go. I'm moving forward. I'm 
crossing over. I'm getting to where God wants me to be because I know that if he's there, then I'll be okay. See, I can't stay here physically, mentally, spiritually. I can't stay where I'm at. It may feel good right now and it may be okay, but can I tell you something? There is something better than where you are right now. No matter what position in life you are, no matter, think about it, when God is calling you somewhere, that means that somewhere is better than right here. So I can't let fear stop me from getting to where I need to be. I, I can't stay here. I've got to move. Say, I'm crossing over. God has more for us. God has more for us as a community, as a church, as individuals. God has more for us. I refuse to sit in a mundane church where we don't ever experience encounters. I refuse to be a mundane Christian where all I've got is Sundays and I never experience them outside of church. I refuse to be there. I've got to cross over to where he wants me to be. I've got to calm down. This is just my introduction. You guys are getting me hyped right now. You know why I'm hyped? Because I know God's got something. I know there's somewhere to go. I know that I can't stay here. I'm crossing over. But this is the thing about crossing over. It always sounds good. Until you get to the Jordan. You know what I'm saying? It always sounds good. You know, people say, I'm going, I'm going to another level, right? Like, oh, yeah, I want to be like that. But can I tell you that? Go, when you cross over, that means, one, you've got to leave some things behind, and two, you've actually got to step over some things where you don't belong. On the way to where God wants you, you're going to find yourself in a place you don't want to be. So when I cross over, what does that mean? That means I'm willfully, intentionally accepting a challenge. I'm saying, okay. I know that you have the promised land for me, but a lot of us would like to skip the Jordan. We would like to skip Jericho. We would like to skip all the things that we've got to fight and say, God, could you just lift me up and take me over there? He's like, no, no, because there's things that you need to learn in the Jordan. There's th Think about it. What happens at the end? They, they end up crossing. Spoiler alert. They cross the Jordan. And what does God tell him? He says, I want you to set up a memorial so that when your children's children look back on what's been built, you can tell them what I've done. What are challenges there for? Challenges are there for us to remember what God has done so we know that he can. He's done it before. He can do it again. So I'm willfully, intentionally accepting a challenge. But you know what? We often do this. and, and Okay, I often do this. I'll leave you out of this, all right? I often do this. I get a challenge from God, and because of my stubborn pride and rebellion, I make the challenge much harder than it had to be. I know you guys never do that. All right, I'm just being honest about myself. I get a challenge from God, I make it harder. See, the Israelites had a challenge, but because of their rebellion, they had to go over and over and over again. It was rebellion and pride and selfishness that kept them from entering the promised land. But entering the promised land came with challenges. It's never easy to cross over. It's never easy to accept the call of God. Some of us will look at it as a hard thing to, to wake up on Sundays. Like that's the challenge. 
Now, sometimes it is. But when we accept the things of God, we're accepting the challenges that come with it, and those challenges are hard. Because most of the time, the challenge is not against somebody else, but it's fighting our own desires. It's the battle within that is the real challenge. Because I can overcome an argument, and I can overcome a, a outer experience with an individual, but when I'm by myself, and the little things in my heart, you know what I'm talking about, start to creep up, that's the challenge. You can't cross over with the things that, are, that have bound you where you are. Crossing over is a challenge. It's, it's admitting that there are things in my life that I've got to let go. Crossing over is admitting that there are relationships that I'm involved in that are not good for me. Crossing over is saying there's things that I've allowed into my life as habits and things and hobbies and things that I enjoy that are not good for me anymore. It's hard to cross over because you've got to leave where you're coming from. But, and where you're coming from is really comfortable and it's really easy. And it's easy to stay where you are. Can I tell you something? It's easy to stay in bitterness. It's easy to stay in unforgiveness. It's easy to stay in anger. It's easy to stay in the situation that you've put yourself in or maybe others have put you in. It's hard to cross over. It's hard to cross over. It's a challenge. It takes strength and courage. To cross over to where God is calling you. Can I, can I be transparent for a second? Today I'm like, man, I, I, I've got, Lord, I feel the, the word. I know that you're saying something. I'm like, Why, where is everybody? <laughs> and he encouraged me saying, if there's, there's, there's people here today that need this word. And you know when God has to slap, slap you up a little bit and, sh and shift your perspective? If one person today will walk out of this building and say, Lord, I'm crossing over and I'm willing, I'm willing to take the challenge, then my job is done. Because I want to encourage the individual. Because if the individual could be encouraged, that means the community is affected. If, if, if an individual will say, okay, God, I'm crossing over. I'm leaving behind the things that I held on to. Guess what? That blesses the community because that's one more person in this house that's willing to, to accept the challenge from God. That's one more will person in this house that's saying, I'm not going to stay where I used to be. That's one more person in the house that says, God, I'm going to pursue you like I've never pursued you before. I'm going to let go of those things so I can cross over. So if just one person is affected today by the word, then it's worth all the time that was spent preparing it can you say it with me say I'm crossing over now you got the masks on so I, I gotta hear you because I can't see you <laughs> are you willing to to make the hard choices see the Lord tells Joshua he says look be strong and courageous Follow the words. Follow my commandments. It, it, especially today, it takes courage to obey the word of God. Spiritually, spiritually, you can't cross over to where God wants you and be right in the world's eyes at the same time. 
It doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. We cannot be accepted into the culture of the world today and cross over. Can I, 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 it cracks me up, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what side of the, of the things you're on today. I'm not going to get into politics here. But it makes me laugh when people, when people say that, G, that Jesus would be willfully accepted by the majority of the world today. Absolutely not. Jesus is so counterculture. He would, he would make the world furious. We, we talk about social justice, and I understand there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of. I get it. I'm not blind to it. I'm not, I'm not ignorant to it. But Jesus, when Jesus came to the earth, there was also a social justice issue. They, want, they were oppressed by their government. So when Jesus came, what did they want him to do? They wanted him to become king. They wanted him to overthrow the government. And so when they found out that he wasn't, they abandoned him. Even in his time, Jesus was counterculture. He said, I'm not here to overthrow the government. I'm not, here. I'm not worried about the government. I'm worried about your soul. I'm worried about your heart. I'm worried about where you're going. See, Jesus, when he came, he was counterculture. So why do you think they killed him? Do we really think a majority of the people there loved him? They wanted him dead. Why? Because he was counterculture. He wasn't like the world. And if we're going to walk in his footsteps, if we're going to follow him, then guess what? The world won't like you. Jesus made it clear. He said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. It's all, listen, I'm telling you this. I, I've, just, I've been feeling this burden. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time until you can't, you can't stay quiet in your room anymore. It's only a matter of time until the Lord starts to divide who's really with him and who's not. It's only a matter of time before the world makes it, gets in your face and tells you, who are you with? You with us or are you with? It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time where you can continue to please everybody. There's going to be a moment where you can't please everybody and you better please the right person. To cross over is making the hard choice. It's standing for what's right when everybody's not. It's following the word of God when everybody says that the word of God is hateful. You can love people and not affirm them. You can love people and not affirm the actions that they do. I can love people but not love their sin. We, we, that's not a cop-out. That's the truth. That's the truth. There's going to be a time where you're going to have to stand up for your faith. And that's the moment of crossing over. That's, that's the moment we go from a lukewarm Christian, a Sunday Christian, to a disciple is when we can look the world in the face and say, no, 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 no. I follow him, not you. Will, you. will you accept this challenge? See, the Israelites missed the promised land because they were afraid of what they had to face. Numbers 14, 20 through 23. This was the first time they had the opportunity. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned 
according to your word. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now, now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Telling them, look, you, you missed it. He's like, I gave them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. Thank God he's merciful. Thank God he's patient. But there will come a time when he said, you missed it. What, what, can I ask you? I don't know how much of God, how much God has of you. But what are you waiting for to give him all? What's, what's the condition that you've put on God to say, Lord, if you do this, then? Because I'm afraid that some of us in this room will miss it. Because we're unwilling to heed his voice. Will you take the challenge? See, crossing over, it, it's hard. It takes a lot of courage and strength. But can I, can I tell you this too? It takes us working together. Joshua 1, 12 through 18. And to the Reubenites and the, and the Gadites and half of the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke saying, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you saying, the Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. See, Israel was united two ways. The first time they were united in rebellion, so they missed it. The second time they were united in courage, so they got it. They, were, they came to this, this agreement together, saying, I'm going to work for my brother. I'm going to do what's best for somebody else so that they can be blessed. They came together and said, we're going to follow you, Joshua, just like we followed Moses. They came together and said, we're going to do this as one people. We're going to be united in where we're going. The church today has to be united. Christians have to be united. We've got to be together. We will not go where God, is, God wants us to go if we're divided. It just won't happen. Romans 12, verse 4 through 5, then I'm going to jump to six, uh, 16 and 18. It says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, 
So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 16, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I love that he says, do not be wise in your own opinion. A lot of opinions going out there today. This is not the time for division. This is not the time to say, well, he's this and she's that and they're like this and they're like that. And and I don't want to be around those types of Christians and those types of believers because we have to come together. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I get so, I have a lot of Christian friends. I know a lot of people that are Christians. And I'm so frustrated with them. I'm so, I, I, like, if you follow me on any social platforms, I don't post a lot. I'm not all over everything that's going on in the news and give my opinion about everything else. I don't do that. But I'm so frustrated because all I see today are Christians fighting Christians. Uh, it's, it bothers me so. And, you know, it's, it, it, I can't say anything because it's not going to change anything. I'm so frustrated because... Christians are like, yeah, well, I'm right and you're wrong. So if you want to be right, you got to come to my side. And the other side is saying, well, no, no, I'm right and you're wrong. So if you want to be right, you got to come to my side. And, and, if, if, and if they're not on the same side, then what are they doing? Accusing one another. Yeah. Well, 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 you hate people. Well, you're afraid. Well, you're racist. Well, you're, 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 you're weak and you're unwilling to stand up and you're this and you're that and, and everybody's point. Can I, can I, the unfortunate thing is the devil's got nobody to accuse today because Christians are accusing each other. I'm so frustrated with it. I'm so frustrated that Christians are more concerned with politics and somebody agreeing with where they stand on that specific subject that if anybody stands against them, then they're not a Christian like they are. We've got more faith in our government today than we do in our God. And it is so frustrating because I've seen more people stand up for rules and laws and regulations than they do for standing up for the word of God. And it is so frustrating because the church is more divided than I've ever seen it before. And, and, and can I tell you that the enemy is not trying to divide the nation. He's trying to divide the church. If the nation falls, let, let it fall. But if the church falls, there is no hope for anybody. It's frustrating. Because we're so divided against one another. Now is not the time for that. Can we preach the gospel instead of politics? Can we preach the word of God instead of our opinions on it? Well, I shouldn't have to wear a mask and you should wear a mask. Who who cares? If I die today, guess what? There's a whole eternity after the life that I live right now. Can I, can I just say this? Can I, I'm, I may be going on a rant a little bit because we need each other. But can I say this? That, that the church has to stop being so petty. So, so, so petty, willing to fight over every little thing. I better move on. 
If we're fighting each other, who's fighting the enemy? We need each other. We need each other. It's, it's, it's just bothered me so much to see our churches against each other. We've, we've got to fight for each other. I don't, I, don't care with, I don't care if you agree with me on everything, but could you fight with me? I don't care if we stand on the same ground when it comes to every political decision that's made. I don't care if we stand on the same ground with if the virus is bad as they say it is or is it scamdemic. I don't care if we stand on the same ground on that, but, but I'll fight for you. I'll fight with you. I, I'll go where you need to go so that I'm with you and you're not by yourself. We don't have to agree on every little thing, but we're together. We don't have to agree on it all, but we've got to agree on the main thing, that Christ is coming back. And if we don't get it together, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to miss out on when he comes. We need each other. See, Joshua goes to this, these tribes, and he's basically telling them this is a situation. He's saying, listen, I know that you already have your land. The way that it was working, that the Lord was working with Moses, he was basically giving them this promise, and they were dividing it into sections by tribes. And so the tribes that Joshua came to in the scripture, they had their land on the other side of the Jordan where they already were. But everybody else had to cross to receive their land. And so what is Joshua telling them? He's saying, listen, I know you've already got yours, but you've got to fight and help them get theirs. I know that you're already comfortable with what God has given you, but are you willing to leave the comfort of where you're at so somebody else can get their blessing? Jo Joshua's telling him, you've got to fight for them. You've got yours, but fight for them. They didn't have to go. They already had their land. They didn't have to say yes. They were comfortable. They were cool. They had it. But because they loved their brother, they said, I'm willing to leave the comfort of my land so that I can fight and risk my life so that you can have yours. It's time, guys, to fight for each other. If you want to cross over, you can't cross over by yourself. You can't cross over alone. You can't cross over in bitterness. You can't cross over holding grudges against people. You can't cross over being silent about all the things that you go through. Some of us are frustrated because nobody ever helps us, but we never talk to people. We never tell people what we're going through. If you want to cross over, you need people. And some of us need to help people cross to where they need to go. See, unity has this power. There's power in unity. So crossing over is challenging, it's hard, it's difficult. We need each other. There's, there has to be a unity. But when we're crossing over to where God wants us, we cross over with a covering around us. What, was, what did the Lord say? You can come up, baby. Babe, please come. What was the Lord's encouragement over and over to Joshua? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going with you. Don't be afraid. 
because I'm with you. You've seen how I was with Moses. I'm with you like that too. I'm with you. I understand that it can be hard and discouraging and challenging to go where God wants you to go because there's things that you have to do that cannot be done on your own strength. There's things that we have to do that cannot be done by our own willpower. Can I tell you, you can't fix your marriage by yourself. Can I tell you, you can't fix relationships by yourself. You can't overcome anxiety by yourself. You can't overcome depression by yourself. You can't overcome suicidal thoughts by yourself. You can't do that. But that's what it takes to cross over. So it's frustrating because you know, I can't, I've tried to get over this before. But I can't. I've tried to do it on my own, but I can't do it. But God's up there like, you're not going by yourself. I would never put that pressure on you to fight these demons alone. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Because I'm with you. Why is he telling you that? Because it's going to take strength and it's going to take courage. But ultimately, it's going to take God going with you. Joshua 3, verse 8 through 11, they're about to cross over. It says, you shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from you before the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, and the Gershites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold... The Ark of the Covenant, what is the Ark of the Covenant? The presence of God. It's a representation of who He is. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you in the Jordan. See, I'm crossing over, but He's crossing first. The Ark of the Covenant is going before you. So Joshua had courage because God was before him. It was the Lord that led him to the Jordan. It was the Lord that led him to the challenge. And it's the Lord that goes before him through it. Now check this out. This, this, this kind of blew my mind, all right? I want you to listen to this. I began to think, okay, what's so significant about the Jordan? Begin to do some study. Matthew 3, verse 13 through 17. First of all, what was Joshua doing? Joshua, Moses got them out of Egypt, got them out of slavery, bondage, an illustration of sin, right? So Moses bringing out of them, them out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of rebellion, into the promised land. What is the promised land? Representation of eternity, relationship with the Lord. I'll be your God, you'll be my people. That was it. And so Joshua was now leading them through the Jordan to get from where they were to the promise, to get from bondage to promise. You following me here? So Joshua was leading out of one place. I want you to, to listen to this. Matthew 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John, John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us all to fulfill all righteousness. 
Then he allowed him. Then he had been baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water. and Behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now why am I reading that scripture? Joshua and the Israelites crossed the Jordan. Jesus was dunked into the Jordan. What, is, what does baptism represent? Death. Resurrection. What was Joshua doing? He was pulling people out of where they were into promise. What is Jesus doing? He was pulling people out of sin and death into promise of eternity with God. So why am I saying this? Because Joshua went through, Joshua can go through it because the ark went before him. Jesus goes in it as a sign saying, I'm taking on more than you can handle. I'm taking the full weight of the river upon myself. I'm taking the full weight of the sin upon myself. I'm going before you into the river. I'm, I'm going before you into death so that you don't have to go through it by yourself, so that you can have power to overcome it. Jesus goes through it before he sends you to it. Jesus, when he puts a challenge before you, he's already conquered it for you. He's already went through it for you. He's already given you power to overcome it. I'm crossing over because he crossed before. I'm able to step into promise because he paved the way. He took on my sin. He took on my punishment. He took on my guilt. He took it, all of it on so that I can step into promise. He took on the full weight of the river so that I can cross over. When I read that, now, I don't know how, it blew my mind. The significance of the scripture that Jesus would take on the weight of my challenges so that I can go through them, so that I can get through them. He made a way not for the promised land, but for a promised eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.17 for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You may be going through it. It may be a tough season. But we can't stay here. I'm crossing over I'm crossing over to the place he has for me. And guess what? When you cross the Jordan, you're going to have to fight at Jericho. It's not until eternity. These light, momentary afflictions. I can get through it because I know where I'm going. What does Jesus say? He said, I'm preparing a place for you. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. Eternity has never been more on my heart and in my mind than right now. He's preparing a place for us. So even now, even right now, I have, I don't know what you're going through. But when you're with God, I know where you're going. So because I know where I'm going, I have a reason to praise. 
I have a reason to worship. I have a reason to believe. I've got a reason to keep going. I've got a reason to cross over. I've got a reason to fight. I've got a reason to have courage. I've got a reason to have strength. I've got a reason to say no to my old life and, and no to my stagnant living. And I've got a reason because it's a, it's a momentary affliction, but the weight of glory is so much more. The weight of glory is so much more. Guys, let's put eternity in our minds. Can't stay where you are physically, mentally, spiritually. I'm crossing over. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.